Well, last Sunday we'd uh, had a couple sermons on Is God Good? And uh, kind of thought that I was uh, through with that, but then there's, there is still, I, th- I don't want to say other questions, but uh, other things to consider, other things to, to ponder, other things to think about. Uh, is God good? And at first we think, well, that's a foolish question. Of course he is. But then we read some things that would cause people to uh, question that. You know, Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. Uh, he calls uh, Pharaoh, he, he hardened his heart that he wouldn't let Israel go. Yet then he destroyed the whole army in Pharaoh because of this. And uh, so then we think, well, you know, that's... Uh, we may question those things, so we wanted to, to bring those things out and look at those things. But is God good? Is that a question that there's no answer to? Or should other questions be asked and answered maybe before we consider that question? Should there other things be asked and answered before we uh, ponder the question, is God good? Uh, and might the answer depend on from what perspective you view God? Because where we view things greatly uh, affects on how we view things. So uh, we'll start out, is, is God good? Is that a question that there's no answer to or at least no human answer to? Uh, you say, well, there's, no, there's nothing that there's no answer to. Well, something else to ponder, just a, 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 an example maybe to, or something to look at. I can ask a question, and I, I heard this question one time, and I, immediately I thought I had the answer. And, and this is just an earthly example. It's not, it's not spiritual, but just to compare as a parable or example. But is there a selfless act that you can do? And immediately I thought, well, sure there is. We can do something for somebody, and they'll never know it. That'd be a selfless act. And then, Rhonda, I thought of, of times that I have done that, uh, done things for people. And I can have examples come to mind right now. I won't bring them up. But that I've done where nobody would ever know. So is that a selfless act? Gosh, no. I think about it, and I still get good feelings from that. So, I don't know, is there a selfless act? I mean, if we do something and somebody pays you for it, well, that's, you know, you get paid for it. But if you do something, somebody would never know about it. Is there still reward? Well, you get that good feeling. So, I don't know the answer to the question, is there really a selfless act? Think about it for a week or so. I'm sure you'll bounce back and forth. You'll say, well, yeah, this would be selfless. Well, actually, maybe it wouldn't. So, there are questions, deeper questions. And with such a shallow mind, I'm not going to ask very deep questions, I guess. Uh, Another question that is there an answer to. How far does the universe go? Anybody have an answer to that? We put the Hubble telescope out there. And they said, we're seeing almost to the end of the universe. And I thought, well, how do you know that? Unless you've seen the end, you back up and know that you're near to it. Uh, but now we've got another one. I don't know the name of it, but another telescope going out there. Supposed to be able to see 
even farther. But I'll ask you, where is the end of the universe? Is that a question that can be answered? I will uh, uh, maybe give a little example of my wisdom. My wisdom as a young boy, and uh, we uh, raised out in the country and in the uh, the well-known area of Waterloo, very famous. But anyway, so we didn't we didn't travel much to us uh, to drive to Columbus to visit relatives. That was a big trip for me, and uh, so we hadn't really been anywhere. And I think of places I'd like to go and things like that. Well, I didn't think too much, but you know one place as a young kid that I always wanted to go? And I thought about this a lot. There was one place that I really wanted to go. I really wanted to see this. You know where it was? I wanted to see that big wall at the edge of the earth that kept you from falling off. True story. <laughs> True story. So how much wisdom did I have then? Not so much. But where's the end of the universe? Is there an answer to that question? So, are there other questions that should be asked and answered before we try to answer the question, is God good? Are there other questions, other things that we should consider? Uh, I, I think one thing we should consider, who's qualified to answer that question? Is God good? What qualification do you have to have? Would a baby be able to answer the question, is God good or is God bad? Well, uh, I think everybody would agree. No, I don't think a baby could answer that question. What about when we're 16 years old? 16 years old, boy, that's a big age. Age, we get the driver's license. I remember that. Of course, I've been driving since I was 12 or 13, but when I was 16, I actually got those driver's license. I remember my grandmother used to live, uh, I don't know, 10 or 12 miles away, and she would come to clean house and, and help mom out and everything. So dad would send me up to get her sometimes. And this is way before I had my driver's license. And I remember we was at the, the store there, and uh, there was somebody come in. I was there, and somebody was talking to my dad. And they said, Rick said, I saw your truck going up Johns Creek the other day, and there wasn't a soul in it. He said, then finally I saw ten fingers on top of the steering wheel. <laughs> so, but when you get 16, that's a, boy, that's a big age, isn't it? When we're a teenager. I saw, a, I was traveling one time, a little uh, gift shop, and had this little rack of cards, and you spin around and all these things, and I was really reading those. and saw this one that says, while you're a teenager, you should do all these things. Talked about buying cars, buying houses. I thought, what? All these big things when you're a teenager, you should do. You should buy your cars. You should buy your houses. All these, uh, David, these big uh, uh, important things. And it says, while you're a teenager, you should do all this while you still know it all. <laughs> As a teenager, didn't we kind of go through stages that we felt that way? What about when we're 18? Well, that's, a, that's another big age. Was there, are we qualified to ask, answer the question then, is God good or bad? 
What about when we're 21? That's another big age. Adults or wisdom. I don't think I'm going to any other ages because I recently had a birthday. <laughs> but, but when... Uh, when would be qualified to answer that question, is God good? Baby, 16, 18, 21. Well, here's a question. What about asking the animals? You say, now you're really off base. Now you're really talking foolish. What are Job chapter 12. Uh, those that are turning with me, some just would rather listen. But Job chapter 12, uh, you may uh, uh, kind of laugh at, well, well ask the animals a question, is God good or not? Well, ask the animals a question about God. This deep, profound question we're talking about, who's qualified to, to answer this? And, and I say, animals? Job 12. Uh, Start in verse 3. But I have understanding as well as you. I am not inferior to you, yea, who knoweth not such things as these. I am, and this is a joke, uh, uh, I am as one mocked by his neighbor who calls upon God, and he answereth him, the just. And the upright man is laughed to scorn. He that is ready to slip with his feet is like a lamp despised uh, uh, in the thought of him that is at ease. The tents of robbers prosper, and they that provoke God are secure, into whose hand God bringeth abundantly. So there's some questions so God's, and remember Job went through this as we talked last week. And Job said, hey, this wicked thing shouldn't be happening to me. It should be happening to the wicked and everything. So here's some, some, some thoughts to some deep questions. And verse 7. But ask now the beasts, and they shall teach thee. Really? And the fowls of the air, and they shall tell thee. Or speak to the earth, and it shall teach thee. And the fishes of the sea shall declare unto thee. Who knoweth not in all these that the hand of the Lord hath wrought this? In whose hand is the soul of every living thing and the breath of all mankind. So some deep questions that we would ponder when we uh, read and study the book of Job. And, okay, would I go to a 16-year-old, an 18-year-old, a 21-year-old? Well, go ask the animals. They'll teach you. Can we learn anything from the animals? Well... There was one that, that did, and actually, I, I think I'll turn there. Daniel uh, chapter 4, book of Daniel uh, chapter 4, very familiar scripture. We go through there a, a, a lot. So here was one that God <coughs> sent to the animals to learn from the animals. 
experienced the animals. So uh, Daniel 4, and uh, let's go to verse 25. You know, Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. Daniel interpreted the dream and telling Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar this. Verse 25, Daniel 4, 25. That they shall drive thee. He was a king, you understand. That they shall drive thee from men. And thy dwelling shall be with the beast of the field. And they shall make thee to eat grass like the oxen. And they shall wet thee with the dew of heaven. So he was going to go live like an animal. This is God's plan. Well, why was God going to do this? Why was he going to have him out there living with the animals as an animal? It says, and tells us how long. And seven times shall pass over thee. I say he had a doctorate. Seven times shall pass over thee. Till thou know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomsoever he will. God's going to send him out there to live like an animal, as an animal, for, I believe, seven years. So you learn this. This is, Nebuchadnezzar, this is, this is how I'm going to teach you. I can send you to your universities or whoever, but this is how I'm going to teach you out there with the animals. Don't want to get too carried away, but, but I, I think it was like this. Nebuchadnezzar's out there, and, and the boy spring came, and getting him wild strawberries to eat and things like that. And then maybe, uh, uh, maybe a little later on, maybe have some fruit start coming on. Different things would come on, you know. And then later in the fall, have nuts and things like that. What's the animals? Animals ate it. Then maybe another year, though, had a late frost and killed a lot of these fruit trees, the blooms and things like that. Didn't have any of that to eat then. And I'm thinking it took seven years. For God to cause this to sink in to Nebuchadnezzar. What was the result? That he, was, he said, till you learn. It's going to be seven, years, seven times till you learn. And what did he learn? And verse 34. And at the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lift up mine eyes to heaven, and mine understanding returned unto me, and I blessed the Most High. Before, he thought it was all I, didn't I? I built this kingdom, my might, and so forth. I blessed the Most High. And I praise not him who liveth forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. And all the inhabitants of the earth are revealed as nothing, and he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? He learned something in seven years. God was going to teach him. So he learned. So who's qualified to answer the question, is God good? And I'm asking a question. I haven't given the answer. I'm asking a question. A baby? Teenager? And as a teenager, I couldn't understand that. You have to be past a teenager if we can understand, I think, that. But... Uh, Who's, who would be qualified to answer the question, is God good? Animals? Go to the animals. They'll teach you. The birds will teach you. What is it uh, said? Uh, 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 
the, the birds isn't neither uh, sow nor, nor uh, reap, but yet God takes care of them. So, as we think of that, who's qualified to answer that question? Is it a question that there is an answer to? Is God good? Let's go to the book of Job. Uh, we spent a lot of time there. Job chapter 38. Uh, to ponder the question, is, is God good? Or right now, we're, we want to answer some other questions first. Before we attempt the answer, is God good? Who's qualified to answer that? Job uh, 38. And we read this uh, last time. Uh, Job 38 and 2, when God was speaking to, to Job after the whirlwind, after Job had made all these statements, God said, Who is this that darkens the counsel by words without knowledge? Now, counsel is, uh, is uh, that word, if you look it up in the uh, Hebrew, it's, it's advice, counsel, or purpose. So he could, have been, he could read it like this. Who is this that darketh my purpose? You know, in Ecclesiastes, to every purpose, there's a time and a season and everything. And God's the one that sets, has the purpose and sets the time and the season. So here, who is this that darketh my purpose? You remember Job said when these things started happening to him, he started out very strong, and then we saw, yeah, he's human. And uh, he says, oh, he was so miserable, and we understand a little bit why. But he says, it'd been better if I died at birth. Well, he didn't die at birth. Whose purpose was it that Job did not die at birth? Well, it was God's. So really, he was questioning God's counsel. It'd been better if I died at birth. If it'd been better for him to die at birth, he would have died at birth. And he went on and on, oh, this shouldn't be happening to me. It should be happening to the wicked. He's questioning God's counsel. He's darkening God's counsel without wisdom. And uh, on and on, you know, well, this shouldn't be happening. Oh, if there was a book written uh, about my life and everything, I I'd go to God, get an audience with God, and I'd show him these things shouldn't be happening to me. Darkening God's counsel without wisdom. So, is man qualified to answer that question, is God good? Well, let me just state this way. Through this, <laughs> no. Now, through God giving us wisdom and spiritual wisdom and understanding, then it's, it's well, let me say it's a little different. I'll put it that way. But is man qualified? Uh, Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. Again, these are questions we ask before we can answer, is God good uh, or is God bad? Isaiah 40. Again, who is qualified to answer this question? Isaiah 40. And... Uh, Verse 12. 
Who hath measured the waters in the hollow of the hand? And measured out heaven with a span? And measured the dust of the earth in a measure? And weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance? Who hath directed the Spirit of the Lord? Or being his counselor, has taught him? With whom took he counsel, and who instructed him, and taught him in the path of judgment or justice, and taught him knowledge, and showed to him the way of understanding? Well, there's some good questions. We have God, the creator of all things. This universe we talked about, how far does it go? I, I make the statement, Bill, that... Uh, uh, so we get these powerful microscopes or telescopes, and I can picture someone looking through there out into space, and first thing they see is the back of their head looking through the telescope. So some deep questions. Who taught God? This universe. I know we've got science, and we try to explain a lot of things, you know, but who taught God? Who took he counsel with? wasn't me. <laughs> Betty, we haven't talked about a long time, but a guy on television we talked about once, and he said, uh, he said, God needs you. What he's really saying was, send some money to this ministry is what he's really saying. But he said, God needs you. He said, in fact, point your finger at yourself, say, God needs me. I thought, boy, if God needs me, he's, he's really in bad shape. He did okay, creation of everything without me, without you. God doesn't need us. Uh, Isaiah, uh, did I read 14? Let me read 14 again if I didn't. With whom took he counsel, who instructed him, and taught him the path of justice or judgment, and taught him knowledge, and showed to him the way of understanding? Doesn't, doesn't that tell you to tell something? Isaiah 46. So we're, we're not answering now, is God good or is God bad? We're answering who's qualified to answer that question. Isaiah 46, let's go to verse 9. Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me. That's who we're talking about. That's who we're considering this question, is he good, is he bad? That's, that's who it is. Now, verse 10 tells us something about him. Declaring the end from the beginning. From ancient times, things that are not yet done. Saying, my counsel, my purpose... My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. This is who we're asking this question. Is he good? Is he bad? This is who it is. Think about it for a moment as we ponder this question. Here is one that declared the end from the beginning. If he declared the end from the beginning, he declared everything in between. From ancient times, things had not yet come to pass. That's, that's what we're asking this question of. 
And he says, my counsel, my purpose, it will stand. Now, I make plans. I've got a day planner. I make all these plans. Do they come to pass? I plan on all these things I plan on. And, and in my day planner, I have, if I get it done that day, I check it off. Boy, it feels good, a check mark. If I'm still working on it, I've got a little period there. Sometimes I exit off, I'm never going to get this done. But most of the time, I've got a little error that says, okay, I forwarded this to a few days or a few weeks in the future. My counsel doesn't stand is what I'm saying. Maybe some of it, humanly speaking. But he says, I'll do all my pleasure. That's who we're asking this question of. Uh... So, this is the one we're asking the question, good, bad. Who's qualified to answer the question? That's still where we're at. I think that question needs to be asked or answered before we can get to the bigger question. Romans chapter 11. Because actuality, I mean, we are... I mean, we're asking that question, aren't we? I mean, uh, conscious or, or, or unconscious. Un, uh, as we look at different things God has done, as we look at uh, ninth chapter of Romans, Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. As we look at some of these things, we're, uh, it can't keep from popping in our minds. So Romans uh, chapter 11 I believe we read this last week in verse 33. So we, that's a big question. Is God good? It, it's, it's a big question. But who can ask that, who can answer that question is what we're trying to look at. Romans 11 and 33. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are His judgments, His ways past finding out. Is that something that, that I and my wisdom can figure out when I was 16 or 18 or 21? Oh, the depth both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. The earthly man, with our earthly wisdom and earthly understanding, we can't search it. We can't, we can't find out. We, he may instruct us to talk to the animals. They'll teach you some things. And certainly that, that's true. 34, for who had known the mind of the Lord? Do we... Who, well, I'll ask that. Who's known the mind of the Lord? I uh, uh, used to play checkers with my grandmother. And, uh, you know, in checkers, you know, you move it to a certain place. And until you take your finger off, you know, it's, you can still move it back. But she'd move out there and have her finger on that checker. I'll think, 
Yeah, leave it there, Grandma. Leave it there. I'll get to jump you. I'll get to jump you. In my wisdom, I knew she put that out there and left it there. I was going to get to jump her. In my wisdom, as a, as a kid, I knew. That was my wisdom. She'd move her fingers. I'd say, ah, I got you, and I'd jump her. You know what she'd do? Then she'd jump about three of mine because of where that one landed. My wisdom and my skills wasn't up to my grandmother. Uh, so, who hath known the mind of the Lord? I didn't even know the mind of my grandmother Checkers. Who hath been his counselor? We already read that. Who counseled him in creation and everything? These are good questions. And now I want to go to Romans 9 chapter, which uh, is a difficult for us to understand, and we won't understand it unless the Lord gives us this wisdom and understanding. Our, the earthly, our earthly nature will never get it. And I've talked to people who look at this with their earthly nature, and as I read it, you'll see why. They'll say, I can never serve a God like that. That would be unjust. It's in the scriptures, and it is God. But see, their answer to the question, is God good or not? So uh, Romans 9, we read this last week. Let's go again, Romans 9, 11. So this is a set of twins still in the mother's womb. Never been born yet. Hadn't done any good, hadn't done any evil. For the children not being yet born, neither having done any good or evil. We're trying to answer the question about, is God good or evil? For the children not being yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him that calleth. It was said to her, the elder shall serve the younger, as it is written, Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. Who, who's qualified to say is that just or is that not just? Baby? 16-year-old, 18-year-old? 21-year-old? But yet, the question is asked, or the question comes, and then it says, uh, so we, we would ask. What? doesn't seem right. That's what my, our earthly wisdom would tell us. That doesn't seem right. It's not fair. It's unfair. That's what our earthly wisdom would tell us. We being the, the smartest creature on the planet, maybe behind dolphins and <laughs> chimpanzees and things like that. But so here's verse 14. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. My earthly wisdom would tell me what he did to Jacob and Esau, that's unfair, that's unjust. But then this tells me, is there unrighteousness with God? No. Now my wisdom may be all confused, my earthly wisdom, but the, but the answer is no. And moving on, Verse 15, for he saith unto Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So we had our demonstration last week with the, the flower pots. I had two clay pots. They're mine. I had the receipt. I broke one. Was that unjust? Was that unfair? They're mine. 
Or did I, was I right? Was it within my rights to do that? If you call the, the law and they come out here and say, well, you say, well, gosh, he broke that one clay pot. And the other one, he didn't. What would they say? Well, are they his? Were they yours? Were they his? Well, then he has a right to do that. And I told you about the gentleman that has the two trucks. And real briefly, I uh, had two uh, trucks. And uh, both the same year and everything. And he would take parts off of one to pull on the other one to keep it running. And we was talking about, we'd talked about this many times, and we, had, we wouldn't talk about the scriptures, but all of a sudden I had the thought, or the Lord gave me the thought. I said, you know, it's not fair what you're doing to this other truck. He said, what do you mean? I said, you're taking parts off of that truck to put on this truck. And I said, this is not fair, it's not right. Well, it's my blank trucks, so I'll do what I want with them. And that was the answer that I was hoping for, perfect answer. And I said, we're gods, and he can do with us as it pleases him. Right? And then he had another answer. He said, well, but you're talking about trucks and objects. I'm talking about human beings. And I said, and there is your problem. Big, important, smart, wisdom human beings when actually we're what? Lumps of clay. God lumps of clay. He's just and right in whatever he wants to do with them. As I did the flower pots. As he did his trucks. Uh, wow, where did time go? Uh, 16, so it's not, of, it's not of him that willeth, nor him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. For the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, even for this same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. God had a purpose in it, didn't he? That's what he said. Even for this purpose have I raised thee up. Had a purpose in it. 18. Therefore he hath mercy on whom he will have mercy, and whom he will he hardeneth. And he's just. But then, the, then us with our earthly wisdom will ask a question. And the question comes comes to mind that will say then to me why doth he yet find fault for who hath resisted his will Pharaoh certainly hadn't remember God says my counsel will stand I'll do all my pleasure who resists his will then again is God unfair so we ask that question is God unfair that he did this to Pharaoh? Is he unfair that he did this to Job? Is he unfair that he did this to Esau? Is he unfair? And those questions pop in our minds. But are we qualified to answer that? Look at verse 20. Nay, but O man, who art thou that repliest against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed us, Why hast thou made me thus? Now, my example would have been better if I'd made these clay pots. Someday I may do that. That's not going to happen. But anyway, but it would have been a better example if I'd made these pots and one say, well, You made me this way. And so, could this pot, these broken pieces, could it say, Why'd you do that? He said, No, that's foolish. And the same with us, with man. Why, why have you made me this? Are we qualified to ask that question, to say those things? Uh, 
Verse 21. This is coming from God's word, by the way. Had not the potter power of the clay, same lump to make one vessel into honor, another dishonor? Yes, of course. What if God willing to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath, fitted to destruction, that he might make known the riches of his glory in the vessels of mercy, which he hath before prepared to glory? So he says, if I've done this for the purpose that these vessels uh, uh, of of mercy that's been prepared into glory, that they'll know. So, I think that's a pretty good answer. If he wants to make some vessels unto dishonor, for the purpose of the vessels he's made to honor, might understand. If he had... I'll just say it this way. If he had made everyone to go to heaven, could you feel God's love? I don't know that we could. But what I'm saying is how we view this is, I I guess, is our answer to is God good or not from where, what perspective we view it from. As I view this perspective here on Romans chapter 9, and we're going, I'm sorry, I'm going to make part two again. I wasn't planning on doing that. I wanted to get through it. But anyway, but so as we view Romans chapter 9, Jacob, if I loved, Esau, if I hated. I did this to Pharaoh. Is he just? Is he unjust? And that question comes to mind. And again, I've talked to people. No, no, that would be unjust. It's not fair to Pharaoh. It's not fair to Esau. That's what our earthly minds tell us. It's what my earthly mind tells me. So to answer a question, is God good, is God not, doesn't part of the answer lay in where we view it from. You know how I view Romans Ninth chapter in many of the scriptures. Thank God that you chose me. That's how I view that. Not, is he just? Is he unjust? Now, the question comes to this earthly mind. It does. But my answer comes from, thank you, God, that you chose me. And we're not going to have time to get to it this morning. Uh, Lord willing, I'll bring it tonight. I, I'm sorry I just didn't, couldn't bring it all at once. But there's a bigger question to ask. If we want to talk about something being unjust, we, we brought some issues up. Is he unjust and hardened Pharaoh's heart? And Pharaoh couldn't do anything else, and then he destroyed him and the army. Is he unjust in that? Well, that's, that's a question to think about. Jacob and Esau, still twins, still in the womb. That's even a bigger question. But there's an even bigger question. 
if, if I would judge something unfair or unjust, which my earthly mind wants to say that, but there's another uh, occasion, account, that's much bigger than that. Much bigger than that, that I would say, again, as my earthly mind would look at these things, oh, that, that's unfair about Pharaoh. It's unfair uh, to, to Esau. And we can think of all these other things that people, they didn't have a choice in it. God did it. And my earthly mind would want to say that's unfair. But there's something else you may not have thought about. And when our earthly minds look at that, you say, oh my goodness, that's more unfair than anything. Lord willing, we'll talk about that tonight and, uh, and maybe address the question again, is God good? No. May the Lord bless the speaking of his word. We're dismissed.